Have you ever gotten that elusive, super energized day where you decide to finally tackle a room that's been tormenting you? It usually starts with a perfect storm, this spark of pure inspiration, a stretch of time that feels like an unexpected gift, and a belief that you can really make a change this time. Those moments are fabulous. That type of hyperfixation makes us grateful for our brains. We didn't overthink it ahead of time and talk ourselves out of it. We didn't seek validation from the monkey brain in our life who points out all the flaws and missing pieces to our plan. We may not have even changed out of our PJs or even eaten breakfast. We just dove in to the deep end. So how do we ensure this time that we get a victory instead of an I told you so, where we have created more mess than we started with? Well, I have three tips to keep in mind when you start to ride this inspiration wave. But first, let me say welcome to year three of the Joy Loving Home podcast. Enjoy the new intro. A wise person once said, everybody is a genius, but if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it will live its whole life believing that it's stupid. Well, fish, quit trying to climb trees while getting advice from well-intentioned monkeys. It's time to jump in the water and learn how to swim with the current of your life. I'm Joy, a professional organizer, mom of four, and fellow fish brain. If you're looking for a place to get understanding, encouragement, and ideas for your home that actually fit how your brain thinks, then I'm glad you're here. Let's ditch the type A advice and embrace what makes our brains and our homes unique. Together, we can have a joy-loving home. So if you happen to be a longtime listener, you know I have had an intro, then didn't have an intro. (laughs) I decided to re-record what I hope is a much shorter one that if you want to just hit fast forward through it, you'll get through it pretty quickly. But I needed to sort of re-explain for those that listen first time and find me in the middle of all of this what I mean when I'm talking about fish brains and monkey brains. That just seemed like a quick and easy sort of way to get that point across for anybody that's like, wait, I'm lost on the whole fish brain, monkey brain thing. So welcome if you're new here. I call us fish brains, anybody who has these ADHD tendencies that think about things a little differently. And I call monkey brains those type A folks that you will typically find in the organizing world. Most of the tips you're getting are from monkey brains because it just Type A's gravitate towards that, but if you've been listening to that type of advice, you're going to feel more and more frustrated. And I am a fellow fish brain that is trying to just sort of pull apart and adjust all of this advice we're getting so that it makes sense for our brains. So I'm glad you're here. (laughs) We're going to jump in with today's topic, which is that riding that hyper fixated wave of inspiration but how to not end up on the other end regretting it. I want it to be something that you do see as your superpower and those moments when you you feel victorious. This is coming about because we had Labor Day off and I had a room which I would have considered either my room of requirement, which I've spoken about on past um, podcasts or my Monica's Closet that I just spoke about this last podcast. And I had every intention of leaving it be until I had gone through a lot more spaces in the house. But my daughter and I were talking and she is the only one at home now. 
And she was like, man, I wish we could use that room as a place where my friends and I could study together when I have them over because that table in the basement, it just, it's dark. We don't feel inspired to go down there. <laughs> it feels like it's under an interrogation lamp. It just gives creepy vibes. <laughs> so I was like, okay, all right, let's, let's turn this second floor room with two big windows that's been sort of a, at one point it was the place with the PlayStation and the TV that you could hang in. And at another point it had two twin beds in it where we would have guests stay. But those twin beds got shipped off to unfurnished college apartments. And it was really just piles and piles of forgotten crap is what it's become, if I'm being really truthful. So we decided while the boys were home, we would get them to cart that table up the two flights of stairs from the basement and get it into the room. And we would make the rest of it work. And I just dove in with tons of energy, tons of inspiration. I had a little bit of help that fizzled out along the way, but gosh, I could see, I could see the vision. And so I wanted to just roll with it while I was in that kind of a focus. But you and I both know when we have been in that situation before that we can sometimes burn out before it's done and we can look around and things are worse off. And I know my husband walked by at least twice during that weekend, just kept his mouth shut. <laughs> all, all gratitude to him and let me just keep going. But he saw the piles filling up in the hallway. And I know he thought he was going to be stepping over those forever. And some of those piles were smack at the top of the steps. So it was becoming a hazard. And I had to make sure I got through to an ending point that we could all live with. So I'm just going to break down a couple tips that I have for you if you find yourself in that situation. Tip number one, go with your gut. Even if it's the hard way, <laughs> no one will understand the vision you have in your brain. No one will understand why you're trying to get to it the way you're trying to get to it. Do it even if it's the hard way. So real life example, I'm in this bonus room that is complete trash and I need a dresser moved from one wall to another. It made sense to carefully go through everything that's on the wall where it needs to move to and make it make sense and put it in proper piles and take it to where it goes. I just needed that dresser moved. I needed the vision in place. So what did I do? I just slid everything out of the way. Lots of energy output got some help moving the dresser to the wall where it needed to live. Then I was like, oh, while I've got you here, I want this piece over where that was. Again, more just scooping stuff off, moving it out of the way. I had to scoop stuff out of the way, do a quick vacuum as they were bringing the table and chairs up from the basement. It was a lot of me as a slob comes clean, Dana K. White will call stuff shifting. And she's very against stuff shifting. And I understand why, because it's not, in theory, progress. But for me, I wanted to see the bones of the room in place. Before I could get the inspiration of going through these piles and starting to put them away, I, I didn't want to create a pile of this is going to go in the dresser once the dresser moves. This is going to go on the bookshelf once I get the bookshelf moved. This is going, I needed it just... I needed it where it was going to be. And while I was stuff shifting, I was vacuuming the new empty spot that I created. I was dusting down the baseboard. 
I had to empty the bookshelves to be able to dust them down and move them. So it looked like the mess was multiplying. Yet at the same time, progress was happening. That room needed dusted down. Those baseboards needed dusted down. The space needed vacuumed. I needed to see the vision of the bones in place so that I was motivated to then choose as I was cleaning through the stuff what actually belonged in this room as its new role, what I was more than welcome to part with, and what I couldn't deal with right now, but it needed a second place to be. It no longer lives here. I guess that tip number one is just go with your gut. Just ignore anybody that wants to give you grief, and if you can do it by yourself, even better. But trust that you're like, don't second guess when you're like, oh, well, I should do this first, or I should. If you hear I should come out of your brain and your mouth, shut it down and do it the way you want to do it, because that's where your inspiration lies. That's where your motivation lies. That's where you'll keep going. All right, tip number two, create stacks just outside of the space that are really big overarching categories so that you don't get yourself caught in the weeds. I had a trash bag. I next to the trash bag tossed anything that needed to be recycled because I came across a lot of empty boxes. I didn't take the time to break them down. I just, I knew it was trash and recyclables in one section. I had another that was a donate pile and I knew that was where everything I was getting rid of was going. And then I had another that was, I can't deal with this right now. This room is no longer going to be storage. So I'm shipping it to the basement to store elsewhere. And then I had one other pile where like, hey, this stuff has homes. I know it goes somewhere. It just doesn't go here. So it's like four overarching categories. And that was it. Then, and this is the key part here. Allow yourself to pause towards the end with enough energy left to transport those piles to at least the general location. And this is when (laughs) you can channel that energy you're feeling when you feel like somebody's going to, I told you so, (laughs) or you always make it worse when you do these things. It never looks better. You know, whatever, channel that sort of you know what, I'm going to prove you wrong this time, that sort of energy and get that last burst together to carry these piles where they need to go. So in my case, I did one trip down straight to the garbage can, another trip straight down to the recycle bin, another trip, actually, I think it took me three trips (laughs) to the basement and I just set them right outside the storage room. I had no energy or time to lug them in there, but it's still, nobody's over by the storage room door entrance all that often. It gave me out of the space. It gave everybody, you know, no reason to complain, but I didn't have to put a lot of energy into moving that out of the way. Then I piled everything that I knew had homes elsewhere into a, I have like these collapsible crates into a crate And I was like, I'm just going to take that downstairs right now to my other room that I'm using as a Monica's closet right now because I was about out of energy and I needed it to, I needed it to be at a logical, pleasing stopping point where we all could be happy with it. I needed to come off of the buzz of trying to change things and see actual visual improvement, even if there was still stuff to do. So What I'm asking you is just 
create those overarching stacks, not too many categories. Don't overthink all the minutiae of it. Just get them where they need to be at the end. Save yourself the extra 15 minutes. That's important. And then tip number three, allow one corner of the room to stay as a TBD because you're going to have things that you're not quite sure. You're like, well, I think it's going to live in here, but I'm not sure whether I'm going to store it here or store it here or there. Or I needed to get a couple extra things because I need it all here together before I put it away. Or I'm about to run out of steam. I need to know where I stopped. These three corners of the room look amazing. I've got three walls in the center, all in great shape. If I push everything across to this corner over here, and I know it's the still left to be done phase, that's okay. Sometimes we feel like we're failures because we don't get all of it done. Decision fatigue is a real thing. If you start finding yourself just floundering and stuck, that might be time to just table this. Just shove anything into the corner that feels still really messy or is bothering you with the stuff that you did get done. Reserve it into that corner of the TB, the TBD corner. <laughs> like it's, it's to be determined. It has yet to be touched or bothered and just leave it there for the next burst of energy because you need to have a stopping point that feels good because you're going to have this very real likelihood that you're going to have to stop before it's done. <laughs> we know with our brains, there's always that sort of 10% that remains incomplete. Anticipate it getting to that point. Choose a really logical stopping point when you start to see yourself petering out and just leave your TBD corner and just start moving all of those piles outside of the door so that you can then come back when it's all gone and look at what you've done. And trust me, it can be so amazing. I, I'll post these sort of before and afters in my group because it's, it's rough, the before and the after and well, in the middle <laughs> and, and the after still, it's, it's going to be more than a one day process. This was a huge overhaul. This was completely giving a new identity to a room that had never been used by like this in the seven years we've lived here. Now that we see the bones and now that the idea is there, have we come up with a hundred more ideas? Absolutely. Would love to paint it. Would love to hang curtains. Would love to paint the bookcase. But all of that is going to have to wait for another day. Just if you're getting ready to hyper-focus in and you know you've got the energy for a new thing, remember those three tips. Go with your gut, even if no one else understands you, even if it doesn't make sense, even if it's the harder path. Two, create those really huge macro categories outside of the space so that you have somewhere to take things to that you know just belong out of that room. It's, you're done with them being in there. And three, reserve that TBD corner so that you can still see some real progress in the other 80% of the room. Hope those help. Hope that you are excited to launch into a fall. I wanted to share that the membership group is open. I am closing it on Friday. I gave uh, first dibs to my waitlist people and then I spoke about it in my group. 
sending them an email just to give them a chance at the link first, but I still have some spots open. And so if you are like, hey, I love the idea of having some companionship and getting my button gear and getting some things done around my house and harnessing this sort of energy through some accountability, some challenges, some encouragement, join the Joy Loving Home membership group and you can find all about it by going to joylovinghome.com slash community. And I would love to see you on the inside. All right, until next time, continue to choose joy.